Welcome back to Whitgift Conversations, the podcast where we talk to staff, to parents and to pupils about topics that are relevant to you. Now, this episode was recorded just before the Christmas holidays, and in it, we're talking to Assistant Head Learning and Innovation, Kate Goldberg. We'll discuss how and why the curriculum at Whitgift is so unique, what valuable skills are being taught to the children, and we'll also get to learn about something called Ignite. But we'll also explore some of the challenges Whitgift and all schools have faced during the pandemic. So come with me now as we speak to Assistant Head Learning and Innovation, Kate Goldberg. Kate, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you for having me, Simon. I'm very well, thanks. I've just come from a meeting about Academic Scholarship Day, which is mm-hmm. quite an exciting initiative that we have in January for selecting some of our academic scholars. And it's a chance really to kind of showcase the school at its best and also for us to select which pupils we feel would most thrive here. Excellent. Um, so so what does that involve exactly then, going through that? So it's quite an exciting day. We have about just over 100 pupils that we divide up into groups of 12. So across three days, we have pupils coming in in groups of 12 and they go to three different sessions and they're all cross-curricular sessions where we're really getting them to engage in sort of deep thinking, collaborative learning, creative thinking, the kind of skill set that we can't really test in the exam, but are really important to Mm. us for what makes a successful Whitgift student. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. well, look, Kate, in this episode, we're going to be talking about various things to do with school life at Whitgift. But I'd love to know a little bit more about your own upbringing, your, your own education, where you went to school and what your experience of school life was like when you were young. So I was brought up in Manchester and I went to a state primary school and then I went to an independent girls school called Withington Girls School for secondary. And I was uh, a good student. I enjoyed my studies. I think I particularly enjoyed A-level once I got to specialise a little bit more. But I was an all-rounder. I think I was probably not the best behaved student, um, particularly when I was younger. (laughs) So I do... You know, I was maybe what they'd call spirited or what my teachers might have even called obnoxious when I was, um, you know, sort of 12, 13. I was, you know, a little bit defiant. I was quite, quite rebellious. I asked too many questions and I enjoyed messing about a little bit. So I kind of feel that I know what it feels like to be one of those students as well. So although I kind of, you know, I grew up to enjoy school, I certainly went through Mm -hmm. a phase of being a little bit disengaged and enjoying mm. yeah enjoying being defiant so uh, mm. i sympathize with my teachers i sometimes wish i could go back in time and apologize to one or two of those teachers <laughs> but i guess it it makes me a different kind of teacher as well because i think i do understand how to get through to those pupils as well who who mm. aren't maybe the most engaged or on side okay so then after school what did you do where did you go and and how did your life look then So I I went to university. I read English with Russian. I loved reading as I've always loved reading. And I liked East European and Russian literature as well. And when I was a teenager, I very much was growing up in the shadow of the Iron Curtain. So Russia was not somewhere where I would normally have a chance to go. But I did like reading Tolstoy and Dostoevsky and Chekhov. And so when I saw Sussex University, where I went to university, you could learn Russian 
ab initio, from scratch. I chose to do Russian and I spent a year in the Soviet Union as a result of it, which happened to be the year that the Soviet Union collapsed as well. And so I think that was a massively formative experience for me Mm. because I got to travel widely. I talked to so many people who were very excited about a period of change that they were living through and hadn't had a chance to talk to a Westerner before. And Mm. as a result of that, I went into journalism. And so Mm. I think that kind of, you know, that that caused that kind of inspired me with an interest in current affairs and when talking to people and the world around me and so I well actually the year after university I worked at a documentary film company for a few months as a production secretary and research assistant on a film about the last Tsar and Tsarina of Russia and then mm-hmm. I applied to Columbia University in New York to do a master's degree oh. in Russian area studies and broadcast journalism And Mm -hmm. after that, I started working at the BBC and I spent 13 years working at the BBC. I set up the BBC News website. And when I say I set it up, not personally, but I was among the group of journalists, designers and uh, developers who set up the BBC News website. So it was a very exciting time, very fast moving. Um, And then I decided to become a teacher. I guess it was while I was on maternity leave with my third child And my oldest child was coming up to secondary age and I started becoming really interested in education. I think like many parents with 10-year-olds, you start going and looking at schools and you start looking and seeing what the options are. And when I Mm -hmm. went around schools, I was just really struck by how creative they are. And Mm. although part of the BBC identity, one of our mantras is that we are the most creative organisation in the world, I felt that Mm -hmm. actually the schools were more creative that's what triggered my interest to become a teacher and so I was so then I did a PGCE and I read I trained as a teacher and yeah and here I am now loving it right so let's look a little bit at your role because you're the assistant head for learning and innovation what does that actually mean first of all so it means that I am in charge of ensuring that what the pupils are learning and how they are learning uh, reflects the changes in society and the best pedagogical practice. And so I'm also responsible for the teaching at the school and the professional development of our teaching staff. And I do lesson observations. I'm looking Mm -hmm. at how the pupils are learning. I'm trying to look at the kind of whole picture, what they're learning. Are there any kind of gaps in our curriculum, things that we should be teaching that we don't teach? And having that kind of oversight, I guess, in terms of innovation, it's thinking about change, thinking about, you know, are we at the cutting edge of teaching practice in terms of both teaching and learning? So let's talk a little bit then about the curriculum. In what ways do you see the curriculum at Whitgift as being unique? So two years ago, we reviewed the junior year's curriculum, and we introduced a few things which I think are quite unique. First of all, global citizenship, which is a subject that we teach in year six and seven. And the, the reason for that is really to encourage pupils to take social responsibility for the, the planet that we live in. And to we have a kind of mantra, which is think local, acts global. And it's to get them interested in the world around us and to think about those really big issues like climate change, which I think are so important that everybody addresses. Mm. And wherever they end up working, I think, you know, that's the kind of sustainability is something which is really Mm. key. And we want them to be speaking that language. 
So that's so uh, global citizenship is one mm-hmm. thing. We have digital literacy because, again, we feel that it's vital that they engage with technology and that they leave here being critically aware of the abilities of technology to enhance their lives, but also of the some of the dangers of of social media and fake news and all of that kind of thing. So that's all included in digital literacy. Mm-hmm. We also have a project called Ignite, or a subject called Ignite, I should say, which is taught in year eight. And it's got as much curriculum time as, say, geography or history. And it's um, an independent project where the pupils get to choose whatever they want within our theme of global citizenship, which they've obviously been studying for one or two mm. years. And it's a chance to really work on their independent learning skills. So they're taught research skills, they're taught essay writing skills, they produce a 2,000 word essay, uh, they do a talk to their peers about the subject which they have built up expertise in and we teach them about public speaking. Mm-hmm. And they also do a collaborative and creative project. And these are all the kind of skills which we feel employers are looking mm-hmm. for when they leave Whitgift. So we're trying to build the kind of skill, the kind of soft skills, which I think are sometimes neglected in more traditional schools. Although I would also say that Whitgift does have traditional subjects as well. So we do teach, you know, maths and science and English. And we also teach philosophy and we teach difficult languages like Japanese and Chinese and Korean because we think that pupils can rise to the challenge and we think that our pupils can do these hard subjects and they enjoy doing them. So our curriculum is innovative. I don't think it's at the expense of the kind of traditional subjects that you you get at any school. Excellent. So you're very much staying in the traditional camp, but but embracing all of these new areas, these new subjects, these kinds of things that, frankly, the likes of you and I probably didn't experience when we were at school. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of think that extends into the way you get taught any subject as well, because certainly teaching is completely different to me than what it was when I was at school. In fact, it's got more in common with journalism. Mm. And so, you know, when I was a journalist, I would think about, you know, putting a programme together and you would have to kind of engage the audience at the beginning with a kind of exciting, pithy opener. And, you know, it's the same with the lesson. So it's kind of how you're going to engage the pupils and you have to break down the lesson into lots of different discrete activities and you're kind of trying to be interactive. And I used to do talk shows at the BBC, for example, where, you know, I'd try and get people talking to each other and answering each other's questions and um you know it was sort of very well structured and you you know it was all about being creative and collaborative and getting the pupils to take ownership of the learning which is definitely something which didn't happen when I was at school. Gosh it's amazing how things have changed isn't it? Now you hinted about training children in the kinds of kinds of areas that employers are looking for the kind of skills that employers are looking for tell us a little bit more about that. So it's quite difficult to second guess what employers are looking for because it is changing all the time, particularly in a post-COVID world. So one of the main things, I suppose, is being adaptable and knowing that our pupils can't guarantee that they're even going to stay in the same job. Well, certainly, you know, already people generally change careers several times during their life. So whatever they choose to do at university, they probably aren't going to stick with that for all of their life. So they need to be adaptable. They need to be resilient. I think the kind of underlying skills, they need to be good communicators. So I think they will do well in whatever they do if they can communicate clearly. I think they need to be good listeners Mm. as well. So they need to be able to listen and hear what each other are saying. And they need empathy. 
We often talk about artificial intelligence and how artificial intelligence is going to replace so many of the jobs that we take for granted. And I think that's true. I think things like big data is a massively important skill. But I also think there are lots of things that robots can't do and won't ever mm. do. And that is, you know, things like empathy and creativity mm. are two examples that I think we can certainly equip our pupils to excel in and give them the opportunities to excel because I think so many schools don't give enough opportunity for the creative subjects. Now Kate tell me something about Ignite. Let's imagine that I'm a parent for a moment and I've heard something about Ignite but I don't know really anything at all about it. Can you explain it to us please? So Ignite is a subject that we do in year eight which is our second form and it's an independent project. It's based loosely around global citizenship. Mm -hmm. That's a subject that all of our pupils do in years six and seven, or the lower first and first form. Mm -hmm. It's quite a broad subject. It could be, for example, about Black Lives Matter, or it could be about gender, or it could be about sustainability or plastics in the ocean. It's one of these kind of big issues about the world around them. Mm. And we encourage pupils to research to do research they learn how to evaluate different sources mm -hmm. they learn how to summarize those sources to do a literature review they learn how to make an argument and a counter argument and they end up writing a 2000 word essay on the subjects of their choice they give a talk to their peers and they also do a project a creative project which is inspired by either their own topic or somebody else's topic that they have heard being presented and that's a kind of creative and collaborative project. It could be, for example, a social media campaign mm. or it could be making a short film. It's up to the students to come up with whatever they want. So, Kate, here we are in a post-COVID world. What are the challenges that you see for education in this era, this kind of world in which we, we are hopefully coming out of this pandemic and hopefully leaving it behind and never seeing it again? But what challenges do you see in the world of education round about now? Wow, big question. Certainly a very important question as well. I think, interestingly, one of the main things that COVID has taught us is the importance of having children in the classroom. Mm. And that might sound a little bit counterintuitive because we've been given the technology to be able to deliver our learning remotely, which indeed we do. And I think we have made huge strides in ed tech. And so certainly it means that if a pupil can't be with us for whatever reason if they're still well but they're at home and we need to be able to teach them remotely we can do and we can get them to join in and collaborate and there's amazing things that we can do which we've definitely learned from and won't go back again but on the other hand I feel that the kind of narrative has changed a little bit since the pandemic and from us thinking that the kind of major trend in education was all about artificial intelligence I think it's now all about human interaction hmm. And I think it's about relationships and getting those relationships right is so important. Not having the pupils in the classrooms was so difficult for us as teachers. We all chose this profession because we like to be in the classroom with the pupils and they get so much from being with each other. And so even, you know, there's kind of extreme examples of mental health during lockdown. But I think mm. for all pupils... They just really missed those friendships and to know how to interact with each other respectfully and politely and to learn how to respond to each other's points. I think the kind of soft skills that you get from being in a classroom and to getting to know someone 
are really important and it has changed my thinking definitely mm. from thinking you know I didn't I don't think I would have said before that I thought that was the most important thing mm. I certainly think dis- classroom discussion I've always thought that was important but there's something about actually being face to face and collaborating which I think it's changed how I think of school and I just know that that's where I want pupils and that's where they learn best makes us start to appreciate some of those things that were taken away from us doesn't it yeah absolutely I think it does It's interesting, actually, people quite often, you know, obviously the not having exams was a major thing. The kind of teacher, the centre assessed grades and then the teacher assessed grades were a huge headache for teachers. You know, some some pupils were obviously quite pleased about them. But actually, you know, I do welcome the return of exams this year. I kind of welcome a sort of return to normality, although... On the other side, you think, well, we did manage quite well. Mm. You know, although it was difficult for us, we did manage to do, I think, very fair teacher-assessed grades. Mm. And it does make me think, you know, in the future, is it going to hasten the demise of GCSEs and possibly even A-levels as the best way of assessing our pupils? I think that's kind of quite a long way down the line. But, you know, it makes us realise there are other options. We need to bring this to a close in a minute, but if anyone's heard anything and if they wanted to get in touch, then should they reach out and connect with you via the school website? What's the best thing someone could do? Yeah, I'm, I'd be very happy to um, have a conversation with anybody or um, answer any emails. My email address is probably the best thing to go through. It's at ktg at whitgift.co.uk. So yeah, I'd be absolutely delighted to talk to anyone. As a parent, I know exactly what it's like, how difficult it is to make those decisions about which school is right for your child. Mm -hmm. And I'd be more than happy to talk through what I really feel it's like at Whitgift. And particularly because actually I am a parent of two boys, one of them who's just finished at Whitgift and one who's currently in year seven. So again, I can talk both as a parent and a teacher about what it's like at Whitgift. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for giving up your time, especially this late in the day. It's, it's nearly five o'clock. And, but we're, I really appreciate your time. Appreciate you being here, sharing your experience. Thank you. Thank you. It was a real pleasure. So that was Assistant Head Learning and Innovation, Kate Goldberg. Thank you, Kate, for joining us on this episode of Whitgift Conversations. It's really good to hear from you. Now, if you're listening to this episode and you'd like to get in touch with Kate, then you can email her at ktg at whitgift.co.uk and she'll be right there to answer your questions. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode. The next one is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Happy New Year and bye for now.